Podcast Network Asia. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Class Clown Podcast, a conversation show where I. Chino Liao converse <laughs> with my guest about many different things under the sun. And this week, it's another stand-up show. A show dedicated to stand-up comedy. I am a stand-up comedian by profession. It is my bread and butter. And as you can tell by me and how I sound... I am very, very good at it because I eat a lot of bread and butter. But that's neither here nor there. And because I do stand-up, I like talking to other people about stand-up. So if you are out here from the Batas episode thinking that this is a hip-hop podcast, you are sadly mistaken. This is just a show about me talking to many, many different people about the many things that they are interested in, such as stand-up comedy. Now, just because we're not talking to to another rapper today doesn't mean you have to go. It's going to be interesting because today I am speaking with Mr. Steve-O Joslin. Steve-O Joslin is an American stand-up comedian who was based in California or who is from California, but migrated to Asia as many a white man tend to do. And it is in Asia where he actually got down to doing stand-up comedy professionally. And I actually met him all over Asia. I met him in Shanghai, then again in Hong Kong, then again in Bangkok, then again in Malaysia. This man has been all over the world. Currently, he is settled in Bulgaria. Sofia, Bulgaria, for those of you that don't know, uh, is in the Eastern Europe region. Used to be part of the Soviet Union and now a country on its own. And we get to talk to him about what he is, how it is to perform there, what he's actually doing there, and how he and his wife are able to juggle just globe trotting into their everyday life. It's the life of a stand-up comedian and a digital nomad in Mr. Steve-O Johnston today on the Class Clown Podcast. So we've had a lot of international comedians on this podcast, but I I will say that this next guest that I have for this week 
is probably the most international of all the comedians that we've had here. He's performed all over the world, and he is currently in Bulgaria, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Let's welcome Steve-O Jocelyn on the podcast. Hey, Steve-O. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. We did not have a budget for the soundboard, but I'm glad. <laughs> I got to be my own. Hey, I guess, you, yeah. First of all, thank you for keeping up with my busy, busy schedule and for allowing me to talk to you about, to pick your brain about performing comedy all over the world, man. It's, it's great. It's, it's been a while. Glad, glad you found your way all the way to Eastern Europe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just keep on moving. Keep on going. Keep on trucking. Right. 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 That, it's great to hear. First of all, the reason I wanted to talk comedy with you is because you're the type of guy that doesn't really stay put in a particular place for very long, right? Like, no. I think we've met in Shanghai, but I've seen since seen you around all over Asia, in fact. So, yeah, man. Can you walk me through the process of, first of all, starting comedy in Asia? Totally, yeah. Um, I had done comedy a couple times, like I did it once in college back in the States, and like six times before that. But then my wife and I moved to China at the end of 2011, so I didn't perform for like two years. And then when we we moved to Shanghai, my wife actually signed me up for an open mic. And uh, I've been going hard ever since then. So she she really regrets doing that. <laughs> yeah. Especially since she's so prominent in your material. So she is, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, you signed me up for this. So I'm yeah. signing you up for this too. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you and your lovely wife have moved around a lot in Asia and in the world, really. My question is I'm pretty sure it's different performing for different scenes all across the world, right? Like, or do you feel like you have to? make a large adjustment whenever you move cities or, or is it pretty much the same for you material wise? I think the moving around has influenced me more than anything else. Right. So like my act, you, I, I, I write everything. So you don't have to know anything about current events or about the world or history or anything about where I'm at. Right. Uh, all, all my jokes are about myself and, you know, marriage and very general topics. So that I can perform anywhere. Like, you know, the only reference I make, you got to know who Matt Damon is. And <laughs> then all of my jokes make sense. I mean, so, if they don't know who yeah. Matt Damon is, they can just look at you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And go from yeah. there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay. Good. If, if Matt Damon just gave up, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a joke, right? Yeah. That's a joke. That's a joke. Yeah. I do this, but everyone's like, okay, we can make fun of this guy. And, but, uh, yeah, I think the only thing that I do differently in case, like, cause as, as it's, what it's been here in Eastern Europe is that I'm like the only English act on a local language show. So like in Romania, and it's been, it's been really cool to find how the local scene in the local language is massive. It's unbelievably huge. Like in Bucharest, in Romania, the capital of Romania, there are three full-time comedy club mm. and they're running shows so there's like on any given weekend there's like 10 comedy shows going on they do multiple shows a night at multiple venues and it, it blew my mind and they're great and they're all very well attended so the only thing that i really switch up is i will if i'm doing 
a spot on a local language show, I learned three things in every language. I learned how to say like the most common names, like you know, like John or Bob or whatever, the local equivalent. I learned how to say, I'm a stupid foreigner. Right. And then I learned the most heinous insult. Like I asked the person, like, if I said this to you, if you said this to someone at the bar, they would punch you in the face for saying this. So I'd have to say like, bit, uh, right? yeah, it's part of the bit. Yeah. So I, I, so I do that. And then they, and that relaxes everybody because I speak the local language. I make fun of myself for not speaking the local language and then everybody's relaxed and then they could just, you know, they're not, they're not like, oh shit, there's a, an English act on this sucks. I will, I will tune this out. Um, I get them involved and be like, I'm a stupid foreigner. And then fuck your mother. And then everyone's like, oh, okay, fuck my mom. That's right. Like, like I like how liberally you play the white foreigner card whenever you're, just in a different stage, yeah. Yes, yeah. So I mean, because you yeah. have that card to play, so you might as well use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I look like every single white person. Like this has been the face of you know the oppressor for the past five hundred years. I might as well you know <laughs> use that for my advantage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you did something interesting a while back. You went on. Uh, was it Romanian TV? Right. I was over, yeah. Yeah. How how that work out? How did you find? How first of all, how did you get on that show? Just from por- p- performing at the open mics, right? The local language open mics. There was a, a producer at one of the gigs, and she sent me a message on Facebook, right? And said, "Hey, do you want to be on Romanian TV?" And I was like, "Of course I do." <laughs> and the show I was on is like it, it presents itself as like a general talent show you know like dog tricks and rapping and stuff like that but it's primarily a stand-up show and so i did my act in english because i don't speak romanian i did the one i did my one bit that i could speak romanian in but then so i shot so this woman contacted me on facebook and said we want you on the show and i didn't know until the day i showed up for to shoot that it was not a catfish like the whole time it sounded fake I didn't know if this is a real person. She had like a, you know, not her in the, her Facebook profile. Right. I'm like, okay, you know, I've got two kidneys. This might be worth being on TV for. <laughs> and so I shot that in September. And I, uh, as an American, I'm get, I get 90 days out of 180 in Romania. And I left the country on day 90. So I shot that at the end of September of last year. And then it aired, I think in like November. And every episode that people vote and I won my episode. Like I got voted to go oh, to wow. be on the finals. Yeah. Like I, it's an English language act against all these other comedy acts. Yeah. And but again, Romanian people. And I've also found here in Bulgaria speak English very well. They, you know, nothing, okay. nothing. I, they didn't understand. They, they, I was never misunderstood. They always understood what I was talking about. So I thought that was very interesting. Right. So I'm, I'm in France at this point when I see myself on Romanian TV and then I get contacted by the producers like, Hey, you won your episode. Congratulations. You're going to come. We want you to come back. And I think it was early December to come and shoot for the finals. And I said, okay, well I was there for 90 days already. I'm going to need a visa because I can only be there for so long. Right. And they said, you don't need a visa. We're a very famous TV show. What we'll do is we'll give you a letter that says, please let Steve-O into the country and this will cover it. It'll be totally fine. Show this in immigration. It's a very famous TV show. It's going to be fun. <laughs> but yeah. So you can see where this is going. Yeah. I fly in there. My mom flies to France to come with me to fly to Bucharest to see her little baby boy on TV. Right. 
And I get to immigration. I hand the lady. She's like, well, okay, do you have a visa? I say, I don't have a visa, but I do have this piece of paper. And she's like, what the fuck is this TV show? I've never heard of this. <laughs> so I get to spend the night in airport jail. Right. And my mom gets into the country because she's not a criminal. So she gets into the country and then books her flight back on Paris. So I get, I get deported back to Paris the next morning. I get to spend the night in airport jail. I'm on the phone with the producers. They're like, okay, we want you to shoot your, on your phone, just shoot yourself doing your act. And we'll put that on TV because that's fun. People like watching that. So I keep getting heckled by the don't leave your bags unattended and flights number four or five. Flying about this. So that just, and a security guard comes in, like he gets in on the exit, like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, comedy. So I end up back in Paris in a hotel room and I end up shooting it over my spot over Skype, like on the giant TV screen. Right. And the judges all give me three thumbs up and I actually made it to the top five or top four of all the competitors in the competition. Wow. And because it, it, and then, so I shot that in early December and then it aired on Christmas day of last year. And you're not going to believe this, but an American who doesn't speak Romanian, who's not even allowed in the country did not win the Romanian TV show. <laughs> I was expecting a twist there, but it, it turned out no. exactly how I exactly, expected yeah. it to turn out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, if I'd won, I won, the and I didn't realize this until I got to the first day of shooting, the prize to win is 20,000 euros. Oh, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of muck and funny, yeah. That's a lot yeah. of money. So I... But because they were going to do the reveal live on TV, it was all like a, you had to have a Romanian phone number. Right. So I couldn't scam it like I did the last for the first round. There is footage of me winning this TV show. Like they, they shot one like for where they pretended right. I won and shot the confetti and everything. And it's me on the screen right. like, yeah. Right. So I got to get to have my hand on that footage. It's up there somewhere. Right. But somebody could just do a creative edit, exactly, and just make you make it you win WWE style, you know, make it make it look like you actually won. One hundred percent, yeah. Put the belt over my head, yeah. Yeah, for sure, right? It's 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 interesting because there's a lot to unpack with with your story. First, I want to know what performing comedy is like in that part of the world because. I've never uh, been to Eastern Europe, so it's interesting when you tell me that there's like a sizable stand-up comedy scene out there. Is the English stand-up the same way, or is it? That's been interesting. In Romania, I couldn't find, I didn't find any English, like just right. English shows. It was all, all, it was all folks performing in Romania. But every, like I would, when I would be when I was off stage with the comedians, they all spoke perfect English, mm. and right. they would always introduce me as, a, as an English act. Right. So everyone always understood me. So that was interesting. In Bulgaria, in Sofia, I should say, there are that are just in English. Okay. But, there were the, but I didn't find that in Romania. Okay, so what's the, what are the crowds like? Do they show up? Are they intimidated by somebody just suddenly speaking English? Are they receptive? I was amazed because I, I was just going to the mics. I would I wouldn't get invited to I would do I do a couple I do some of the bigger shows but not many because right people aren't there to see English comedy right but for the open mics they were getting you know over fifty people every single time usually over a hundred nice yeah nice 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 I was amazed that people just loved it people were having a great time they would have like you know fifteen plus comics on every lineup I was very impressed at how 
big it was and how and how professional everybody was. Everyone was really funny because even though I don't know what they're saying, you know, they've got that rhythm. So, you know, okay, pause, punchline, you can still laugh because you know that you can, you understand the rhythm of the comedy. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've, I like watching foreign language comedy shows just to try and see if I can pick out the punchline from you know even if i don't understand what's going on and i feel like you're you're the same way you know because you you pick up a cadence from how, how people tell the jokes right so with that you mentioned having a large stand-up you have multiple clubs in places like uh, romania and then you suddenly end up on romanian tv were <laughs> the crowds receptive to the fact that you're a local celebrity now did you did things change and you get up on the romanian clubs not at all. <laughs> no, no. They, they, I was still just hitting the mics. I did go, like, I left the next day. Like, I shot the show, and then I had to leave the country because I, it was right. my 90 days were up. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. But even then, I reached out to the clubs because I was flying in a few days early to just be on, you know, knock the rust off, get ready for to shoot the TV show. And I reached out to them, like, over the weekend. They're like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They realize that the letters they write aren't as powerful as they thought. I <laughs> yes, I was I was proof positive of that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, now you're in Bulgaria, uh, and you say there's a uh, there's a sizable English crowd. So what's that like? Is it that all that different from Romania, or is it still within the same category of comedy? Considering that they're just like in the same part of the world. There's the Comedy Club Sofia where I did, they have, they do three shows. I think they do eight shows on the weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Friday, yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they have eight shows. And I was able to do five of those. And it was the same, same as Romania. Everybody else is performing in Bulgarian. But then they'll introduce, here comes, they'll, they'll do like, hey, who speaks English? And then everybody claps. Yeah. And they're like, all right, well, here comes an English act. I learned what that phrase sounds like in Bulgarian because they didn't say it. They said it all in Bulgarian. And then, uh, then they would introduce me. But the Comedy Club Sofia is really cool. They have pictures like, um, like they have pictures of like Louis C.K. performing there like three years ago. Wow. Okay. And it's a really cool space. Like it's, 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 a, it's a basement, but it's, it's, a, it's one of the coolest clubs I've seen in this part of the world, really in, in Europe so far. Wow. Okay. Really, really nice club, really cool feel. And, they're very receptive. You know, I, I, everyone speaks English. One guy said, um, you know, one guy started heckling me for speaking English and I had to apologize. And I told him I don't speak English. I speak American. And then he shut up. But yeah, it was, it was very interesting. And then there is, so that's like the main club in Sofia. And then there's also a large expat community there that runs uh, English night. Mm. And I went to an English comedy open mic and there was like 11 performers. Oh, wow. For, uh, at, yeah, in all in all in English. On a Monday. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that was cool. To wow. Talk. No, no, that's interesting because I wouldn't have expected there to be that many English comics in in Eastern Europe, let alone foreign. Are they foreign? Were they foreign comics? Were they local? That is a great question. Yes. Of the eleven, I would say more than half. I like, let's say seven because that's another. Wow. Okay. Wow. See, so that's interesting. Yeah, but there. I mean, considering four, that, yeah. well, I mean, it's not that big a surprise considering that it happens in other parts of the world. I mean, yeah. you yourself are an expat who performs stand up in different countries, so 
you know, to find that in, in Bulgaria is is very interesting. But let's zoom out a bit from from you because you've jumped to so many different countries right now, and you say that you don't really have to adjust your material, but I'm pretty sure you have to adjust to the different type of crowds, right, that you encounter. Sure, people have different temperaments, you know, different cultures. Some countries are more conservative than others. That's true. So do you feel that some crowds need a little bit more warming up to than others, considering that you're like a, an aggressive comedian, sort of? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I. Um, that is very true. It has been a degree, there's a lot of interactivity. Right. With like, like I was performing, I was in the UK for a couple of months. I was in Manchester and... You know, it's the UK. They 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 do comedy. They know what it is. They're, it's been around for decades. Right. So they know. You know, you show up to the show, you watch the show, you clap, you laugh, but you don't talk to the comic. And when I was in Albania, I was in Albania. They didn't even turn the house lights off. There was like they had a spotlight, wow. but it wasn't much brighter than the house lights. <laughs> right. And so the wow. whole time. It was like I was just the loudest guy at the bar, right. and people would just talk to me. They're like, "Oh, what do you? Why did you say that? Like, what's going on with this joke?" And I was like, and I would just have conversations with people. Right. It was very loose, and again, because they don't have the tradition of it. This is like the woman running it. She's, you know, she's a young woman. She's like in her early twenties. Okay, and she's running the first club in Albania in, this, in Toronto. Wow, and you know. It was just like it was very so that was that's the that's the adjustment that I've had to make is their you know the interactivity of it all and also folks you know I have a joke about falling in love with RuPaul's Drag Race right and how that plays in different parts of the world where you know like here you know, they're not very friendly to the that community but in Manchester you know thunderous applause. And so it's interesting to get a feel for how people in, in, you know, the general sensibilities of the country through what they're making fun of. And like when we were in Malaysia, right. it was always in, in KL, it was always interesting to hear what the guys who lived there and the guys, the people, men and women were joking about and like what they, right. and how, you know, race was a big part of it and politics and all and religion and all these things like what people care about. And so I am, you know, a little bit disappointed that I don't speak languages because I want to, I would, I want to know that stuff in these local language shows and see like, what, what do they find funny? What are they talking about? Which kind of means I should learn more languages. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, because it's very cultural in a sense, right? Like you're, you're trying to, trying to get a grasp of what people talk about their sensibilities and whatnot, and being that you're not really a permanent resident of that country, you only have a limited amount of time to do so, right? It's not like you have, yeah. It's not like you've lived there your whole life. Is what I'm trying to get at, right? Totally, totally. And I, I'm usually there for a couple of weeks, maybe, and so I get, you know, I'll learn the name of like the famous buildings and how to say "fuck your mother," and then I <laughs> then I go. <laughs> only the essentials. Are these yeah, yeah, yeah. I got walking around Bulgarians, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, is it fair for me to say that you, as a couple, you're both digital nomads? Is that like a thing? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. So, 
Yeah, totally. right? So with that, picking your countries, does comedy ever come into consideration? Like, did you pick Bulgaria because they have a stand-up scene there? Or is it because it just felt like a great place to be in for a few weeks? It was... It depends. Sometimes we'll make it a, a point to go to a place where we know there will be comedy. But what we found in doing all this traveling is every city you've heard of, they've got comedy there. Right. Even cities you've never heard of, like uh, all the uh, every capital city, you know, you Google it, you'll find a Facebook page right. where someone's running comedy shows. But for Bulgaria, it was more like a happy, happy, I guess, coincidence yeah. that there turned out to be such a large comedy scene. I knew that it existed, but I was just, you know, Comedy Club Sophia, and then found their website and the Facebook page, and messaged people and and just dig it through Instagram. So, but like we have made decisions, like when we were in Manchester right. over the summer, that was because we knew there was going to be a lot of comedy there. Right, right, right. Are they receptive of foreign comics there? Like I know we we've talked about English comedy here. I mean, but I mean locals can do English comedy as well, right? For yourself, being an expat who sort of infiltrates local comedy scenes. Do you find that these places are receptive to somebody like yourself be doing comedy in their sort of turf? It, that's a great question. Uh, kind of, sort of, yes, and then no. I think I was there for such a brief time that I wasn't there long enough to start fucking with their money. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not taking anybody else's spot. Like, I'm, I'm getting spots. Right. Yeah. I'm not taking job. I'm not taking money from people. Yeah. So I think that was the the give and take of it because everyone was very happy. You know, you, you always love to see a new act, new new blood. You love you know seeing something you've never seen before, especially when you go to the same mics over and over again. I I saw the same people at the gigs and they're all very very receptive to me. But that was at the mics. And then when I started booking shows, it kind of started to get a little dicier because you know there's 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 levels to it. You know, so I had to go. And, you know, now that I've got this Romanian TV clip, it's interesting to see, like, how much credit that gets me in different parts of the world. Like I said, when I was before I went to Manchester, I headlined in Barcelona and I did a bunch of gigs. I headlined in Tirana and I did. So I, I had all this experience and all of these things that I could point to. Like, I, I know what I'm doing. Right. But none of that mattered to the UK folks because. Hmm. They're their own thing, you know? It's, yeah. it's UK comedy. It's, you know, London and Manchester. The UK is like the second biggest market in the world right? for stand-up. So, it, but like I said to the Bulgaria guys, they're like, holy shit, yeah, come on down, please. We want to see that. And they, you know, they, they offered me a bunch of spots. And the uh, same thing in like Albania, but it's itself. So it, it, it was interesting to see. So yes, yeah, so, so for the UK stuff, it I wasn't taking people's money, but when I go back, I can you know book stuff ahead right. of time now because people know who I am. So it is. It was interesting that even though I was on TV, it doesn't matter. It's all. It's still and always will be who you know. Right, right. So from there, I I gotta ask: Do you ever have places? Are there places that you want to do stand up in? Are there like cities in mind for you to do comedy in? Like uh, I'll go anywhere. Where you're at, right now? yeah. I'll perform anywhere, you know, even right. if they don't want me. Right. But uh, after this, uh, actually, I think a month from today, we're flying right. to London for like two months. Right. And, and you're, you're just going to get settled out there for a bit, do stand up out there as well, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. So be there for, yeah, I think it's like mid January. So that, so right. it'll be another instance of, you know, I, I know some people there. Right. So, so they, you know, there's always, there's, there's that'll, that'll, you know, push me a little bit further ahead. So they might be able to get me somewhere, but it is all who, you know, and it's all about just being in one place for one time. So like, this is cool, but it's also a lot of logistic stuff that I got to put into my own hands, you know, contacting clubs ahead of time and knowing where I'm going to be right. a couple of months ahead of time. Right. Right. Yeah. No, because comedy networking, networking is a huge part of doing standup. People really is, don't yeah. really expect that to happen, but it is right. I mean, you gotta yeah. Connect with local audiences, trying to see where to perform and who to, to deal with. So, I mean, what you're doing is great, but do you, do you feel like you're able to establish like legitimate connections in the city that you drop into, like, is that a thing that you consider or do you just, are you just after like spots and whatnot? I like making friends. I think it is always, <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I think that, yes, yeah, I'm there to make connections. I'm there to make friends. I, I you know, it, it's again, you know, the more people you know, the more people you can network with. It's always interesting at like, you know, dropping into that first mic or that first show. Right. You know, most when you when you drop into a scene like that, everybody knows each other, so they're chatting with each other. And I'm just kind of off to the side, like you know, sipping my beer by myself because right. no one wants to be nice to me until they've seen me perform because I might suck, and you don't want to be the nice to the guy who sucks because right. then you got to talk to that guy. Yeah. So it's this all this weird, like you know, standoffish, you know, dogs sniffing each other's butt kind of moment. But then once I get up and they can see that I know what I'm doing, you know, it you know floodgates open. Everybody's very friendly. We're drinking. We're having a good time. But there's always there's always that like weird hour where before before and after I go on, that's uh, that's always fun. So yeah, but I'm always there to make connections. I you know, I love meeting people. I love performing. I love meeting comedians because they're even though you know we're we're speaking English as their second language and I barely speak it because I'm American. We have you know a connection. We have the same emotional damage. Right. But we know where where the other person's coming from. I mean, yeah, comedians, no matter where you're from, are all broken people. So you know, <laughs> yes. it's, yep. it's easy to get along regardless of what language you speak. Anyway, Steve, thank you for taking the time to talk to me, man. This was great. I'm learning a lot. And now Bulgaria and Romania are on the list of countries that I need to do stand up in. Yeah. So if you have anything you want to let the you want to let the people check out, now's the time, man. You have your Instagram, your social media. Uh, check out my wife and I have a YouTube channel, Two Can Travel. It's all about traveling through Romania, Bulgaria, France, Spain, the UK. It's all about travel. So check that out and uh, follow our adventures, please. And thank you. All right. Hey, thanks, Steve O. Jocelyn. And that's time for this week's episode of the Class Cloud Podcast. Again, thank you to Mr. Steve-O Jocelyn for taking time out of his day to talk a little comedy with me, a little globetrotting adventure. You know, I am always, Scott say, I've always said this, you can, you can ask my friends, and what doesn't kill you will always make for a good story. It's true. That is something that I've always said, and Steve O is proof 
of that. Check out his YouTube channel, the thing that he does with his wife, Two Can Travel on YouTube. Also, while you're at it, check out my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Chino Liao. Chino Dash Liao, rather. YouTube is weird that way. But while you're at it, checking out more of my comedy content, you might be interested to know that my very first hour is out on video on demand, available at the Cool Pals website, thecoolpals.com, for only 350 pesos. You too can help me get more bread and butter. Remember that callback from the beginning of the episode? That was funny, right? We had a laugh. That's good, right? Hey, thank you again to the people of Podcast Network Asia for always keeping me connected to the podcast world. This has always been a Podcast Network Asia production, powered, of course, by Podmetrics. My name is Chino Liao. Good night. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.